Welcome to the Thrive Podcast from Syngenta, where the latest news, farming tips, and innovations come together to educate and inspire. Today, we're joined by Ken Cleveland, a Syngenta representative based in Wisconsin who covers a good bit of specialty crops. So in Wisconsin, potatoes are a big player, and that's where much of his background as an extension agent and education stems from. So I guess just to kind of start off, can you give me kind of a summary of what you're dealing with right now as it relates to planting or weather conditions? Our environmental conditions haven't been exactly ideal. Um, we've, we've had a fairly cold um, spring and, and wet. Uh, it's kind of pushed us back by a, a few weeks of, of planting potatoes. And, and so they're, they're going, you know, full bore right now, uh, getting stuff planted where, where they can. Uh, we're, we're a fairly sandy soil, so, you know, it doesn't keep them out of the field long, but, uh, you know, it definitely has pushed us back, which, isn't always the the worst thing, but it does condense our early season workload and and getting everything in in a, t- in a timely manner. But once you know June starts rolling around, um, you know plants are really starting to emerge. Gosh, it's always weather you have to watch out for. It can totally change the game. So what about insect pests? We don't have a a, a lot of insect pressure necessarily in June uh, when we're specifically talking uh, Colorado potato beetles. Um, they, they are coming in May and June, the, the first generation, um, but that early stuff isn't always the most devastating um, and they're not always the hardest to, to kill. We do have chemistries to work within the a first generation type population. And, and really where we, start to see a lot of troubles is our our second generations of Colorado potato beetles. So, you know, most most potato growers do realize that a Colorado potato beetle has two generations, uh, one, you know, starting mid late May and then the second generation coming, you know, probably mid mid July. That second generation has been very, very troublesome to to control. And with some of the older chemistries that we've had, and and that's where Minecto Pro has become a very powerful tool in their toolbox um, for something that they can rely on and and has consistently uh, worked over the last several years that we've had it out in the market space. So what specifically about the second generation makes it much more of a hard hitter? And then like what kind of yield losses can somebody see from Colorado potato beetle if it's not treated correctly or treated at all? Well... You know, it's you can see complete defoliation of uh, potato plants from Colorado potato beetles, and it really can take a, a large effect of your overall yield. Um, I couldn't tell you specifically the overall mm-hmm. yield uh, reduction, but it would be substantial, uh, to say the least, for a potato grower not to do something, um, and especially in Wisconsin. Uh, we we seem to have to spray a lot heavier than what it seems like in uh, other parts of the country where we're probably spraying eight times a year to get the pest under control. Wow, that is, I guess I don't have anything to compare it to. So what would you say on average is is the amount of times that a grower would need to spray Colorado potato beetle? You know, I guess m- from my talking of our other colleagues from across the country, um, when I've met them at Syngenta potato events or even just like, you know, potato expo, some areas are spraying just a couple times and some haven't had Colorado potato beetles 
as an issue, but they seem like they are becoming more and more of a problem across the country. Um, I'd say probably an average just from the hip is maybe like three to four times across the country. Uh, so we're probably, it seems like doing about double what most people are having to do. That is a significant difference. It, it certainly is significant. Um, and it creates a challenge for, for the growers, both, uh, you know, economically and uh, just staying on top of it. Um, I think where some of our problems lie, and I can't say this is exact, exactly the truth because I don't know every production uh, of potatoes across the country, but it seems like in Wisconsin, the central sands area is very, very concentrated uh, potato acres. So potato acres next to potato acres next to potato acres. Whereas potentially in other parts of the country, there's definitely a lot of acres, but they might be spread out a little bit more. And the Colorado potato beetle, especially when it comes up in the spring, you know, like May, they don't like to go very far. A lot of their fat reserves or their energy reserves have been used up to survive in the winter in the soil. And so, you know, if that, that rotation isn't uh, larger than like a quarter of a mile, you can have a lot of pest pressure coming in. And that's what we seem to find in, in Wisconsin, is there's not as many acres spread out as maybe there could be. And so speaking with a crop scout, it sounds like determining economic threshold is a bit of an art form. So your geography relies on a defoliation type threshold by growth stage. So earlier season plants can take a bit more defoliation, but when it gets to flowering, the threshold is only five to 10%. And then you pair that with how many larvae and adults per sweep a scout gets in a certain field. So either way, like what do you recommend so that they can stay on top of and ahead of this pest? I would really urge anybody to use a high quality insecticide seed treatment on, on their potato seed. Uh, you know, we have a product called Cruiser Max Vibrance Potato. It's a neonicotinoid uh, that's very systemic and has uh, done a really good job at holding back some of those early populations coming in. And so you, it, get, it buys you a little bit of time uh, rather than just the pest coming almost overnight and starting to devour your plants. Uh, the next would be using really effective full rates of uh, some of the other chemistries that we have out in the market space. Um, you know, whether you're talking about uh, pyrethroids and things like that and rotating those those chemistries up on the first generation to make sure that they're you're hitting the population back as much as possible. And then you don't have as much of the as much pressure on the second gen generation, hopefully. And then that's where that Monecto Pro really comes in handy is on that second generation. Um, we've used full rates of the uh of the product and for full rates i mean 10 fluid ounces and if it's a ground rig we make the recommendation of using at least 20 gallons to the acre so that the potato plant gets really good thorough coverage so that chemistry gets into the leaves and on all the leaves as possible and then the other thing i would say is make sure that you're using a some kind of adjuvant so that the you can get to the leaf surface uh and break past those waxy layers a little bit more so that chemistry can get into the leaves even better. Good insight. So do you have any advice for growers when it comes to resistance management? I know Colorado potato beetle is resistant to 
quite a few chemistries. You know, a good resistance management is to not use the same modes of action on two generations of Colorado potato beetles. And so we we ask that that takes that be taken in the consideration um, that they're using different modes of action up on the first gen, and then you know Minecto Pro and different modes of action up on the second gen, because uh, we want to make sure that we're uh, preserving technologies and products for as long as we possibly can, because this this pest is uh, very well known for acquiring resistance from a really deep genetic pool. We need to make sure that to keep that in mind. Yes, such a great point to keep in mind with resistance being such a challenge with Colorado potato beetle. Thank you so much for taking the time to offer your wisdom this morning. It's very timely. If um, any of our listeners want to learn more about season-long potato solutions, they can visit syngentaus.com slash doctor or talk to your local retailer or Syngenta representative. We'll be right back with my co-host Adam Bax to talk about Syngenta Grow More Experience sites as they ramp up for the season. Adam, can you give listeners an overview of what Grow More Experience is? Sure. It's essentially sites managed by Syngenta agronomists and technical development leads that offer trials and demos featuring seeds, seed treatment, crop protection chemistries, and cover crops, among many other things. Right, and visitors can see firsthand how Syngenta products stack up to competitors and maximize crop productivity. But to be honest, it's not just about that. It's really about giving growers a look at their options and the ability to see trials and turnouts with other products so they don't have to do the tests on their fields and gamble their yield potential. Um, And we have them all over the country in many, many different crops. Exactly. Growers and retailers can see Syngenta and competitive product performance in their local environments to make more informed decisions for their field while connecting with local agronomic experts. And they'll be able to see new products in action this year. If you want to learn more about the Grow More Experience sites near you, contact your Syngenta representative for additional information. Or if you're in the Midwest, you can visit syngenta-us.com virtual-gme for a virtual site tour. And before we wrap up this episode, I wanted to let you know of an exciting change to the podcast. We are moving from one episode a month to two. So each episode will feature one guest, but have the same important content you've come to love. So we'll see you again in a couple weeks. Thank you for listening to the Thrive Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe to receive the latest updates in your favorite podcast listening platform. Always read and follow label instructions. Minecto Pro is a restricted use pesticide.